0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: Fantasy Sports Today, hour number two. We dive back into some fantasy baseball discussion, Super Bowl props, and everything more. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today, and hour two starts now.
2: Sports Today.
0: Welcome back fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. As always, it is a Tuesday. Today is January the 28th, 2020. Dr. Roto's coming up in an hour. Full time fantasy. Stay tuned for that. We cover it all here on this show. We got some Super Bowl props to talk about. Also some bad finishes from fantasy baseball hitters in 2019. Some breakout stars as well. But Joe, we start off uh, with the top story in fantasy baseball of the day for sure which is Starling Marte from the Pittsburgh Pirates headed over to the Arizona Diamondbacks for a couple of uh, prospects, a couple, honestly, that I had not heard a lot about until yesterday. Two top 20 guys in the Diamondback system. But certainly when you look at players under team control like Marte is over the next couple of years, that National League West, man, uh, San Diego, Arizona, I mean, two teams that are improving quite a bit. And the Diamondbacks all of a sudden went from a team last year, Joe, that looked like they could be in rebuild mode They've added Bumgarner, they've added Marte, they've added Cole Calhoun to go along with Cattell Marte and some of the other players they have on the team, like David Peralta, uh, good pitching staff. We talked about Zach Allen yesterday, that Diamondbacks win total, certainly, I mean, it would not shock me to see them win 90 games this year. That was a big ad with them getting Marte, provided he's healthy. That's a like a four-war win, play, a four war player. Uh, we'll get to the Pirates here in a minute, but I think they a fantastic ad for Arizona.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I love that they're being aggressive right now. I'm sure the fan base does, too. We said, it, you know, just the other day and we are saying it again here last year at this time, it was doom and gloom. Goldschmidt's gone. Everything's yeah, gone. We're going to get rid of Granke. And now look, look at what happened and look at how excited everybody is for this Arizona Diamondbacks season right now coming up. And part of it is because the Giants are out of it and Colorado is a hot mess right now trying to figure out who the hell they are and what they're doing. But really, as as good as the Dodgers have been, there's no reason why Arizona can't compete. And there's no reason that despite the Padres have improved, I think we would all agree that the Padres still have improvements to make, including in that rotation. That is still very suspect, whereas the Diamondback rotation has a guy at the top of it who has a lot of experience. Now, I mentioned those splits, the home road, not pitching in San Francisco could be a big problem for Bumgarner. We'll see how that works out. So you have to be very aware that there's some risk there with Bumgarner as a fantasy entity. But for Starling Marte, it's it's good to be on. Look, it doesn't really improve his numbers all that much. Maybe a little bump in the home runs. Maybe you go from the low 20s to maybe he cracks the 25 range potentially. But look, he is a 25-25 kind of profile player. I think that's where he is right now at 31 years old. He's not going to steal 47 bases again. That's not going to happen. No. That was four years ago. Forget that. But in terms of even last year, when you think about the Pirates, you go, oh, it's not a very good team or whatever. But you know what? He scored 97 runs last year in 132 games. The problem is he hasn't played a full season since 2015, so that's kind of the negative that gets attached to Marte. However, he's a very good player. Splits are pretty good. Uh, The speed is still there. He improved dramatically over his uh, stolen base percentage year over year. The year before, he had 33 steals and got caught 14 times last year. He uh, had 25 steals, got caught just six, so he cut that marginal more than in half. That's what you want to see. Still hits for gap power. Still hits for average. This is a terrific addition and a pretty good defender. So right now, I think the Diamondbacks are looking like a, a really formidable team in that wild card race at the very least. I can't put them with the Dodgers because the Dodgers pitching is just is still very, you know, at the top so much better than everybody in that division. But man, I love it. And they didn't have to give up much. I mean, maybe these guys in a couple of years become something, but you always have to take that risk. And if a player is three years away, look at what can happen three years away. Look at how Nick Senzel was can't miss, right? Three years later, four years later, here we are still waiting for Nick Senzel to be something. So, you know no matter how good those prospects are, no matter how highly touted they are, if you have a chance to get a proven major league player and control them for a couple of years, you do it every single time, Craig.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. And, and look, there's I mean, I, I think this this division is very improved. The Dodgers will be who they were. Um, I am bullish on the Padres. I think the Padres are gonna be better. And and maybe Joe, this is more of a reality than fantasy, but when you're a general manager and your life is on the line in terms of your uh work life, like AJ Prellers right. is No, I understand. Yeah, I like he like I'll, I'll t- give it to you in black and white. He is getting fired at the end of the year. If they don't have a good year, it's done. Like he's had a lot of time to rebuild this team. We're going on almost a decade. The, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they have to make the, the postseason. They got to get close. Like they have to be very good. You don't do everything that you do. They've mortgaged a lot of what their future is for now. It has to get done Two so, two
1: things, too, because, you know, we just talked about Martin the other day. Does this open up a spot for him in Pittsburgh? Boy,
0: let's go to that because that was <laughs> let's go to that for a minute. Because if you're the Pirates right now, and I know that the reported payroll number is hovering around forty-three million for two thousand. Well, that was that
1: was part two of my question. Is the, the payroll is like, not forty-three million? I, I Mike am, Trout's making thirty-seven this year.
0: I am trading <laughs> Josh Bell tomorrow. I mean, I am absolutely moving Josh Bell. I gotta get him out. I gotta get what I can. Their outfield to me, Brian Reynolds is a starter. Okay, so that's you know we know that going into this year, but now it's like nothing you even talk about. Like Brian Reynolds has to be the best player on the Pirates right now. Their outfield is Jason Martin. It's Guillermo Heredia. It's I mean, is Gregory Polanco going to play? Is he even healthy? Jose Osuna, who can't play the outfield, is going to be forced to play the outfield. Maybe they move Kevin Newman out there or Adam Frazier. Like I I, I don't know what they're going to do. Like they are, they're bad, man. Like they are bad. Like they like well, they, yeah. they are they are worse than the Giants. Bad, I, I think. Like this is this is the worst team in the NL. And if I am them. I am in full teardown at this point.
1: You know who like, should be kicking the tires on Josh Bell, especially since they just spent a bunch of money on Ryu as the Blue Jays. Because right now, first base is Travis Shaw, and right now, you can't tell me that's not a glaring potential hole.
0: I don't know where the answer is, but I know if I'm the Pirates, I gotta consider it right now.
1: Well, here's the thing: if if you if you are, and not because I'm looking at first base is kind of set in a lot of places, and the places that's not set are not necessarily looking to add a guy like Josh Bell. But Toronto, I feel, is a perfect landing spot for him because you get a sense of also bringing in somebody that can really protect the lineup a little bit with these young guys like Gurriel, like Herrera, like Biggio, like Bichette, because the second half of this lineup is, is very suspect there. I mean, Grichuk has some power. We all know that, but I mean, when you get the, see Oscar Hernandez has been disappointing. Uh, you know, you got Derek Fisher playing right field right now. You, you got a lot you, you of have to, in the second you, you
0: would, but I don't know that the blue Jays are going to mortgage young guys. Like I need to find a team. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing right now.
1: If, if you're the pirates, do you take like, like Kevin Smith is a shortstop prospect, right? Who had a down year last year, but two years ago had a great year. Maybe you start with him and another guy, because if you are the blue Jays, you've got so many of your top prospects already playing that they're clogging up those spots. There's got to be more depth at the position players stuff in, you know, in those positions in your organization where they're going to get blocked for four years. So the next JD Davis, that's going to get blocked by Alex Bregman. There's got to be somebody like that's going to get blocked by Vlad or Bichette or BG or one of these guys. I imagine they actually have the goods to get a deal like this done. They're not going to deal Pearson, but still Toronto is the one team right off the bat that I look at and I go, Hey, that's, that's one or If you, you know, if if the Nats didn't just sign uh, bring back Zimmerman for a year, I wonder if the Nationals would be looking and say, boy, Bell would be the perfect guy to help, you know,
0: kind of that that seems better. Yeah, that seems more realistic. I I just Toronto's still not in the win now mode. So that to me would be it. Um, The one team that struck out across the board offensively on a lot of players to me that would I don't think they, they also don't have a ton in the minors, but I would unload it would be Texas. If Texas could stick Bell at first, and I you know, again, I've mentioned how much I like Ronald Guzman, but I gotta call a spade a spade on this one. Uh, they really don't have a first baseman. So you stick that guy at first, that changes literally everything about that team. They don't have fair. a great you know, I don't, they don't have so a, great form in a couple of No, they, gonna gonna don't, they don't they don't have know. a great form, but maybe that's the deal is maybe you gotta unload to get it done. Um you know, they still they you know, Guzman obviously would go back to Pittsburgh. There's no questions so that would be. I a mean, start. you know what?
1: Let me let me you know if you start with Colby Allard and some of those pitchers. I mean,
0: oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm not saying look, he wasn't good, but I'm just saying no. No know. one's taking Colby Allard for Josh Bell. It's not happening. They're going to have to trade whoever their best prospect is is going to Pittsburgh. So I mean, you want to tell me who it is, and that's who. It
1: uh, is. Their best prospect is Tavares, the outfielder Leody Tavares, I believe. Well, that's who's going back to Pittsburgh. I mean, because Baba Thompson had a terrible year last year. Josh I would say or... Boba Thompson, but he had a terrible year last year.
0: Well, that that that's the deal. Um, I, I don't know that they'll do it. They'll probably they have to save some face. But every story right now coming out of Pittsburgh is is uh, got to trade Josh <laughs> Bell. That's basically what they're saying. You got to do it now while you can uh, right. because you're, you're going nowhere. And it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Um, after the year that we had last year, we'll see what Pittsburgh decides to do. Tough to find fantasy value on that team this year, but it's going to have to be done, especially in the only week. Uh, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. Uh, it is uh, time to dive back in uh, to some Super Bowl props.
2: Fantasy Sports Today. And I like
0: football. And I'm
2: going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good.
0: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch along with Joe Pisapia with you here on the show. And uh, hopefully you guys are having a nice Tuesday today. Yesterday we talked about some of the Jimmy Garoppolo props for the Super Bowl and you know, it's interesting this time of the year because that's really what we're talking about. So, uh, I thought we would go through some of the uh, reception props and some of the receiving props here. And if you are uh, somebody who's taking a look at these, uh, just head on over or just Google the Westgate uh, props. This is uh, page three of their, like, I mean, how many pages is this? Like a uh, 50 page prop sheet? I don't know. There's a million of them. So, uh, I'm going to go through some of these and we'll take a look at them. And uh, you guys can let us know what you think at Craig Mish, at Joe Pisa PS17. So uh, here are, and and again, a lot of these are random and a lot of these are guessing, but that's kind of what this is. Now, when it comes to the Super Bowl props, Joe, usually I try to isolate about five or six that I like the most. And to give you an idea on these, and this is like a narrative that has gone along, and I agree with it, is that a lot of people feel like, the smart people feel like, when it comes to Super Bowl props, is that Las Vegas is going to allow you to get an edge on a couple of these. They're going to. Uh, there are some that are better than others. But, Joe, there's a notion that because of so many of so much of the public who will walk into a casino that I always use the Pringles example. Could you walk into a Las Vegas casino on Super Bowl Sunday, Joe, and just bet one prop and walk out and leave? You probably can't. You know, it's like, oh, I want to bet this. I want to bet that. There's so many people that want to do that, that it's not like Vegas is willing to take a loss. But the maximum bet on a prop is not 10 grand. You know, like you can't like you could bet 10 grand on a game anytime you want. In Vegas, you can't bet 10 grand on a prop. They're not going to allow that. Maybe 500 bucks, maybe a thousand bucks. In fact, online, it's only a couple hundred bucks. Most you can do. Some of these are only 20 bucks or 30 bucks. That's max. So given that, if you can have some wherewithal to just bet one prop, you could probably find one that looks great, is great, and you win. But then Joe, you know, you got to bet on another one, and you got to bet on another one, and that's when you start to run into problems. So I try to isolate five or six, and then I'm done. All right. Well, uh, what are the five or six that you've isolated for us, or are you just doing them all today? I'm just not ready. I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. On Friday, I will have my full list of the ones that I like for us here. All right. And I'll give them out. Some of these are pretty
1: wacky. I'm not going to say. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's some wacky
0: stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. And by the way, I'll have a live stream Friday night where I'll be doing them as well. I like like all of these. I like to wait until the very end. There's just no reason to do anything. Look, I'm not saying a player is getting arrested in Miami. I'm not saying a guy's getting hurt at practice. But I- I'm going to wait for as much data as I possibly can on all of this. I don't think much is changing. And so that's what I'll do. Uh, but let's dive into a couple of these. Uh, first reception. First reception. Talk about coin flip, but let's do it. First, first reception for Raheem Mostert. Okay. First re- reception. Catches the ball. Is it over or under six and a half yards, Joe? We're going to first. (laughs) I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over Over, because, you know, honestly, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't have a lot of analysis, but I'm going to at least there's no analysis on this. This is this is like
1: throwing things up in the air. But here's the only (laughs) thing I'm going to say. The the offensive line of the 49ers is very good. And if the kind of plays that they run, you know, I can I've watched enough 49er football that I think what they're going to have is a whole lot of blockers in front of him. And that. Gives me the opinion that he can go for more than six and a half, and that's great. Wow, that's
0: what we're looking for, right there. All right, well, happened.
1: but there you go. There's my analysis on it. you because delivered. You, get you, you Jusche- delivered on that. Well, that's why I get the big bucks, baby. If Kyle Youchek is out there in space in front of him, he's going to go for more than six yards just of Youchek there in front of him. So uh, that's and they don't. You know, Mostert is not Marshall Falk. Let's no, be honest. Not. He's not. But, but he, he the looked like time, him in the last game, well, yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, Green Bay Packers. What have? What have we been saying all year? The biggest paper tiger there is. They got to a great spot. They got the number two seed and they got their doors blown off by the 49ers. They, I think they would have got their doors blown off by a couple of those teams. But anyway, I think a um, Florida man would have beaten them. Well, yeah, I mean, especially with a laser pointer in Aaron Rodgers' oh face, God. you know. Oh <laughs> All
0: right, I re-killed. I I, I got to tell you, this seems high. This number yes, seems I high in the first reception. 12 and a half. I think they are dragging you into an over, and I think this is an under. I like Well, they're dragging one.
1: you into that first play of the game, flea flicker. You know, try to catch him, you know, not ready uh, and you get, like, a catch giant. for
0: Tyreek Hill over the middle. Twelve and a half is under.
1: Yeah, I, I would go under too. just try to get. I think with the Super Bowl, the thing you want to do most of the time, it's different. We're spoiled. I know I am by watching the Patriots play. They're used to these kind of games. Most teams are not. The 49ers are definitely not. And the Chiefs are a little bit more. But you have to understand the 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 adrenaline that's pumping through these guys in the beginning of the first play of a Super Bowl. We're not drive. Is, is through the roof. The best thing you can do is run something short and simple, get somebody the football in their hand and get everybody to just kind of settle in a little bit to the game. So uh, this is banking on the concept of, of the let's go take a shot with Tyreek Hill early, quick. Or, he, or he's
0: got to make somebody miss.
1: Well, yeah, but he's more the guy that makes somebody, he goes
0: past somebody that makes somebody miss. Right, that's the so, point. So if he catches it over <laughs> the middle, he's got to make somebody miss. I would, the would say under, the under on this. Yeah, I would say I under. think it's an under. How about Kelsey, 10 and a half for his first reception? No, definitely under. I'm not as he can break a tackle. That's my concern. He can break a tackle like he'll he makes a move. If there's two guys there, he's going down. He can But I think I'm worried. And then he but the 49ers have the linebackers to cover him. See, that's the thing. A lot of teams don't. The
1: Quan Alexanders of the world, a couple other guys I have on that team. They they have a linebacking core that's more more able to run with Kelsey and keep pace with him. And they're big and physical, too. So that's that's the one thing about this that I to me, this game plan is you stop Kelsey. Make Tyreek Hill beat you. That's fine. Mahomes is going to beat you anyway. Take away Kelsey and at least give one weapon less because that's the go-to safety blanket guy. If you can slow that down, you have a real chance. And that's what the Patriots did. They lost that game on a couple of bad calls, but that's what they did very effectively in that game. And, and that's how you beat Mahomes. That's how they did it in the FC Championship game too.
0: Right. Uh. But by the way, I enjoy <laughs> doing these for like a segment or two because I think they're interesting and it gives you some breakdown. On satellite radio last year, I was forced to do two straight weeks of this every single segment. Two straight weeks? like. Yes. Two straight weeks segment or like the in- no, the whole show. Two straight weeks, two, two hours every day. Well, props. we've got props to do, Craig. Everybody loves props. What? I was so angry. I was so angry. What was... isn't there to do? No, I, I like the props and I like doing these for yeah, like it's a fun for a segment or, or, two, or two, two yeah. hours every day for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, how do you analyze them past what we just said? It was it was like pulling we have teeth?
1: to go back and look at the footage of every time it Travis was very Kelsey difficult.
0: First, it was it was it was very difficult because a lot of them were kind of coin flips like this. And it got to the point after like doing it for an hour. Plus, how much action is on these? Compared, I know compared a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot a lot of action. But again, there's a you know people. See the the thing is, is that you do a prop, right? And you say like, oh, I would bet oh, everything on this. You can't, you cannot. They're not going to take that kind of action on it.
1: Well, that's why I want. They're not going to be a, there is on these because it's no, limited. They, no, there's a you lot comparatively
0: by the public. There's a lot because okay. one person puts two twenty, one person puts fifty, one put. There's going to be a ton of action, but no one can drop two hundred grand on a prop. You know why? Because think about it. They they can't have that kind of exposure. A lot of bets that are you know you walk into a casino and you want to bet five hundred grand on a game. They, you know, they hit the pause button. They go in the back. Oh, okay, fine. We'll take the bet. And then they hypothetically, Caesars, let's use Caesars as an example. Caesars calls another casino and they bet 500 grand on the other side and then they win. They get the VIG no matter what, right? Like that, they get 10% or 15%. That's how it's done. You can't do that on a prop. Where are you going to lay this off? Can't, who are you going to call and be like, hey, well, you take 500 grand on Kelsey. What do you mean? No way. I won't do that. That's 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 part of the equation. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think
1: I can't I can't imagine doing two weeks of this. I mean, what two What are weeks. you down to? Two What's weeks. What's the first how
0: how we long into the like game does Andy Reid touch his mustache? What, I, where I, are think it, we with I think it's enjoyable from a betting perspective to give people and maybe even a one time two hour show. And by the way, I'm doing a live stream. We're doing a whole hour on props, but. Well, that a, I can understand, you know, but it was having it specifically day. for that for an hour. You have it in like a podcast form, but to sit there and like if it I'm was, driving in the was car, spon- and listening was do this, I'm going to punch you in it, the throat. It was sponsored. It was sponsored. Well, ding, ding, ding. That's but but it my beef about. at the time was was, look, if you want to do a week on it. OK, you know, Super Bowl. But we were doing it the week before we were doing it like all of the week before the Super Bowl. I'm like, come on, like there's baseball stuff going on. Like there's a lot of other good stories and. Just we sucks. can't do that. We've got it's lots sucked. of sponsors. I, I, I think they're doing it again, too. I'm not sure. All right. Uh Sammy Watkins. I would definitely go over on this. half a half. First reception by him. What do you think? Uh he seems like he's only a big catch guy. Yeah, time. I yeah, I would say over
1: too because that's that's all he's good for. Where's the over-under on Jimmy Garoppolo's porn stars, like that he'll you huh? know get with that, after the Super on, Bowl? That's, that's online. Yeah, now that's online. a prop that I wanna see. Let's let's get to that. That's a fun prop. <laughs> Okay. Well, he's got a good track record there Obviously, obviously, Joe Joe like me Not as
0: intuitive as you would expect Let me tell you something,
1: Joe knows that there's a better chance Of Jimmy Garoppolo getting with an adult film star After this game or before this game Than there is a Sammy Watkins catching a lot
0: We we, uh, (laughs) we obviously did not get to nearly enough Of the props Um, We will do more tomorrow We'll uh, knock out some, of course, on Friday I'll give you my best ones And if you want to go back and listen on demand Earlier in the show, we had David Bierman on from ESPN He broke down a lot of them too All right, we'll be back to some fantasy baseball talk in just a minute. Don't go away.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Join DailyRoto.com, learn from the best daily fantasy sports players, get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer if you are playing daily fantasy hockey without... Using Daily roto, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com. Guess what? That's where millionaires are made. Welcome back to the show. we got Dr. Roto coming up in less than 40 minutes from now. Stay tuned. Full-time fantasy from 2 o'clock Eastern right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network over on Sports Grid. Great program, including the new Scott Farrell show, which starts tomorrow on Sports Grid. Make sure you tune into that, but Joe and I will close out the week. Get you ready for the Super Bowl on Sunday, no doubt. Uh, In terms of baseball, we also covered the Marte trade to the Diamondbacks a little bit earlier. Hit that rewind button if you're listening on demand. We'll cover some more baseball tomorrow. Uh, Second half uh, of 2019, we uh, touched on pitchers yesterday. Now let's touch on some hitters. And maybe potentially these are some of the players that you missed because they kind of struggled at the end of the season. Um, We'll start off with a couple of names that people – may have not known, struggled, but their numbers look good at the end of the year. Let's start off with Didi Gregorius, who now is on the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I'm wondering what your thoughts are, Joe, because he certainly was in a perfect ballpark in New York to uh, amass the kind of power that he did. I give him a little bit of a pass because he missed some of the season last year with an injury. The Phillies don't seem to have a huge problem with that. They signed him to a one-year deal. Some He signed early enough in the offseason, Joe, that people felt like, He could have waited maybe and got a two-year deal or a three-year deal. They're calling this a pillow deal similar to Ozuna, where Didi can have a great year in Philly and put himself back on the market and get a multi-year deal. Um, Philadelphia, not the most difficult ballpark to hit home runs out of uh, this season as well, but did struggle mightily down the stretch last year. Do you think it was just a matter of him getting back into it after missing a couple of months of the season last year?
1: I don't. I mean, sixty games is a pretty good sample. You know, it's it's not like he played twenty five and you go, okay, well, you kind of throw that out. Sixty in the second half is a pretty good, uh, pretty good chunk there as his post All Star break, and over that time, he hit just two twenty three, with a two sixty eight on base percentage and a seven fourteen OPS. That ain't good. You know, I know he popped 12 dingers and he drove in 50. See, this is the problem with some of these. Like you look at some of the counting stats, you go, wow, he had 12 home runs and he, had, he drove in 52 runs. Well, he was also in a spectacular lineup. Now he'll be in a spectacular lineup potentially this year as well. But I think there's a lot more risk with DD Gregorius than people realize. People look at his, oh, he's a great bounce back. There's no risk in it, whatever. There is. There definitely is. And I think if you do take DD even late, that you have to kind of hedge your bets. You have to have somebody else who plays shortstop because I think that that slash line over the last 60 games is enough of an eyebrow razor for me, at least when I see a guy's OBP go when a guy's OBP goes under 300. That's a giant red flag to me when it goes under 270 that's an even bigger red flag. Like I said, this is not like a 20 game sample. This is 60 games here. This is the entire second half. So it's nice to see the power still there. But if you're a five by five player or even head to head points, you got to ask yourself here. Okay. How productive is this and how much do I need to yeah. take this yeah. into consideration when I'm building my roster? And I think that's the thing with Didi is I think everyone's looking at him as a oh, great ballpark. It'll be the same. He'll let pop home runs, whatever. But I don't think it's without its flaws. And I think the second half showed a lot of the flaws of Didi.
0: OK, uh, I think let's and by the way, I not a lot to dispute there with him. Um I still think that if he can put a 25-75 season together, he can get a multi-year deal this offseason. I think he's a one-and-done in Philly. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, Escobar, one of my neighbors here in South Florida, lives about 15 minutes from me. Uh, bothers the neighbors at night with his hitting. That's a story for another day. But um well you know what? That that's good.
1: If that's what he's bothering his, his neighbors with his hitting. I,
0: I, you know what? I, I, I don't agree with putting him on our struggling list. I, I think well, that it's not, not struggling. This is this is second half to be aware of this is but you know what? This is who he is. This is who Escobar is. Take if you want to take a look at a struggling player, look at Escobar's numbers in April of last year. I mean, you would have thought, oh, my gosh, I drafted the biggest bust in fantasy baseball. He was brutal. And he is just Joey's a very streaky player. His stats in a five by five Roto are going to accrue in three of the five fantasy months of the season. And you're going to get nothing the rest of the way. So well, this it, is this. That's, is part that's who of the he equation. is. That's who he it is. It is and, I think I he's, th- and I'm not worried about him. I think he's fine. You just have to know that you're getting a month of zero. I mean, that's or two months of zero. We have to know the
1: player in the format, right? This is fantasy black book 101, right? When when they talk about the profiles of black book is understanding not just the player, but the player's value in the specific formats. You might want to own this player. And I think this is a player because of everything you just said is somebody you want way more in a season long roto format than either head to head points or head to head categories because of those swings. Now, head-to-head categories especially, he can be a bit of a drain sometimes as well because if you look at this situation here, yes, the home run, the power was there, 17 home runs in the second half, 50 RBI, that's great, that's what you want. He hit just 236 and he had 280 OBP. That is not good. That is a problem because if you're not getting on base and you're not making contact, basically, your one true outcome is home run. And that's something from a points or a head-to-head, any sort of weekly league you're playing head-to-head, that can be death because when those guys have bad stretches for two, three weeks, that's a huge drain. It's a huge negative. It's pulling down your roster. So I'm not saying Escobar is not a good player. What I'm trying to bring up is the fact that his second half had some holes in it, that if you're looking for just a complete repeat, when you look at this, the season long, you look at, the, oh, you got 216, he's got 35 bombs and all this stuff. Yeah, it's great. But you also have to understand there's also some not great when you dig a little deeper into the stats and some of the splits. And one of them is the second half where, he, although the power was still so good, it came in chunks. And the rest of it, the contact, the OBP, the play discipline, all that stuff, not there as a hitter. So I'm glad to hear that he's taking a lot of extra BP at night in your neighborhood. Yeah, that actually makes yeah. you feel good.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not worried about him at all. I, I'm not. Um, okay. I'm, I'm taking a look here as uh, the first one. I didn't say he's season, not draftable. Oh, no, I, I, you know, I think he's fine. But uh, 230 in, 280 is not good. But uh, let's see. It was 20 games into the season last year. He was hitting 222 with one home run at the end of April his batting average had moved up quite a bit to 300 with a 379 OBP. He only had four home runs. He had 11 home runs in May. Like this is just who he is. He's just a very is, streaky guy. But you have to know, like if in season long Murdo, you have to just
1: leave him alone or that's you exactly start, right. You when you alone. see him, right, you leave him alone or if you, if he starts to go bad, maybe you do take him out for a week and then, you know, see what's going on. He starts to heat up. You put him back in your lineup, but I'm saying this is not the player that's without flaws. And I'm trying to highlight those with some of these second halves where the overall numbers of the picture of the stats look good. But when you dig deeper and you look at what happened towards the second half of the year, you know, sometimes when you accumulate them out, it's not always as good. And, and this next guy, too, and the Phillies here that we're going to talk about, he's a player we think we both like. But I think this is something to be aware of, this slash in the second half.
0: Right. Uh, Kingery on Philadelphia will have a, a chance to play every day. So I like that opportunity, Joe, for him to play third base for the Phillies. But he's look, he's a little bit of a wildcard type player. It's its kind of just betting on a guy um being more comfortable and playing one position, I think, than anything else with him this year.
1: I agree. I think that's a big strain, too, was him bouncing around from spot to spot. I also think whenever you're playing, you know, full major league season, it starts to, you know, for the first time, I think it really kind of grates on your body a little bit. But 230 batting average in the second half over his final 68 games Uh, 2.92 OBP, not great. 4.18 slugging, not great. 7.10 OPS, not great. Um, I know he's got some stolen base potential. He did steal 10 bags. That's good. But at the same time, Kingery is another one of these guys that everybody always wants to see the upside of everybody. Everybody wants to see how good a guy can be. Let's look at how bad a guy can be too and understand that if I have Kingery, this is potentially a line that I could get from him over a 60-game period. And that's not going to cut it. So I need to make sure I'm backing myself up on this roster construction with that.
0: All right. And then uh, finally, let's wrap up with this uh, Marcelo Zuna. Another big wildcard player going into the year. Much better spot, I think, playing in Atlanta. Much better lineup, I think, playing in Atlanta. You would think a much better situation playing in Atlanta, being on a one-year deal and, and prove it. But I've had a lot of people tell me the same thing, which is true, Joe. I mean, he was on a prove it deal last year, too. He was heading into free agency knowing that this was it to get a long-term contract. I know the player very well. So uh, DNA is a little bit different for this guy than on some others. Different kind of character, I would say, as well. Kind of a wake-up, show-up-at-the-park-and-hit type guy. Um, But yeah, he he had a tough second half. Uh, Another very streaky player, very similar in the Escobar vein. Gets really hot and then gets really cold. Uh, Also suffered through some injuries. But I think overall, the numbers that he put up last year will be similar to this year. What do you think? Yeah,
1: overall, the numbers are always there for Ozina pretty much. But in head-to-head formats, let's not forget the last 52 games, he had just 214. 52 games. That's a third of the season. He had just 214 with a 323 OBP and a 406 slugging. I'm sorry. That is not the kind of guy that you want out there. And I understand Ozuna is on that second one. I'll tell you what, the wake up and hit guys eventually sometimes, guess what? You know, eventually you got to work a little harder sometimes as you get older to so keep you, that you out on him. I'm, I've never been a giant Ozuna guy. I don't know if I can. I can probably count on of all these years of playing fantasy baseball, the Marcelo Ozuna shares. I could probably count on one hand in okay. all the different leagues. Yeah, that that's, that's, that's fine. And It's not because he's a bad player. It's just because when you dig into him, you see things like this that make you go. Ugh. And I, you know me. I play more head to head. So this kind of stuff is just I can't have this. I cannot have a player like Ozuna go in for a 50 game stretch it in 214 right. and just nine home runs over that stretch, too. That is not great. So this is the second show me deal. If I'm getting, I don't think I'm getting any discount on Ozuna. I wish I was, but I'm looking at the stat line from Ozuna, and I'm thinking, well, I can get that in a couple other places too. Oh, by the way, Cassianos is signed. Ozuna signed. Yasiel oh, Puig, Craig, where is
0: he? I mean, where is on. he, Craig Mish the did third? I, did I not tell you this one was coming? You down, did.
1: Right? I'm, that's why I'm saying it. I say, look, where's the Yasiel Puig? Where's Omar? Who's Omar?
0: Where's Puig? I'll, I'll tell you, my, and we'll wrap with this, and then we'll get to some breakout players. I'll, I, uh, here is the extremes for Puig. It <laughs> would not shock me if he signed, as soon as the show was over in 15 minutes to a one-year, $10 million deal with Cleveland. Wouldn't shock me at all. It also wouldn't shock me at all if he didn't play a single game this year. So if you like that kind <laughs> of risk,
1: a, that's a big, That, big that is there. the kind of
0: risk <laughs> that you are, you are drafting with Marcelo Zuna in fantasy this year. You mean Yasiel Puig. Yasiel Puig, sorry. Right. <laughs> Yasiel Puig could could sign today with the Indians. Yasiel Puig could not play a single game all year long and just decide, you know what, I'm, I'll am i just sit out the year and I'll, I'll try again next year. I mean, literally, those are the extremes with this player. If you like that kind of uh, variance, how about it? Take the player. We'll be back with breakout players in 2020 in fantasy baseball. do will go away.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Dr. Roto is standing by. Full-time fantasy is coming your way in less than 15 minutes from now. I'm sure a lot of Super Bowl discussion, a lot of fantasy baseball discussion as well. And, of course, honoring uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant on uh, on Sunday in that tragic air, uh, helicopter crash, along with many others who uh, perished that day. Certainly our thoughts and prayers with them as we continue to do our shows here. Uh, breakouts in 2020, Joe. Uh, we're looking at the American League Central today. Not a fantastic list, I would add. But uh, a, a lot of a lot of a lot of options, oh, uh, uh, just being boy. honest, a lot no, of option, true. a lot of options on the White Sox. OK, there's a lot. I mean, you could go. I mean, Ronaldo Lopez kind of broke out. You could go him. You could no, go. he was not
1: good last year. The ERA was bad. Oh, he had he some, a five ERA last year. He had Ronaldo some good Lopez. starts.
0: He had some really good starts. He has a good
1: start. So did Anthony Young. He lost 20 games one year.
0: Don't <laughs> dismiss Ronaldo Lopez. I don't. I'm I'm a Ronaldo Lopez dynasty owner. You could I get, get you, it. You could go. You could go for with him. Um, You could go with Lewis Robert.
1: Well, Robert's too easy. So who's going to do that? Well, you know. Why would we do that? I'm, that's I'm, easy.
0: I, the White Sox are the one intriguing team here. They've got a lot of options. That's what that's. My yes. Uh, Dylan Cease is so, another intriguing option, Dylan too. Sees, can... Dylan C. No, okay. Dylan Seas, He's so, so Give, so good. Me, give me your guy. Who do you got?
1: I think it's Kopech. I really do. I look at Michael Kopech and he's healthy now and he's got the best fastball, arguably, of anybody in the minor leagues. And I know he didn't pitch last year. I get yeah, that. Yeah, that's the worry. But. It is, it is a worry, but you know what? If we did that every time with a pitcher, we'd have no pitchers. So we can't, we can't live in this world. There's, there's two guys on this list. And look, Robert is the guy, okay? But how long? How many times are we going to talk about what Robert is on this show? We know I, he I agree. he's a guy with power, a guy with speed, a guy that strikes out. How many marks. innings for Kopech? Uh Kopech at the major league level is the important thing. Now, here's the thing. Let's take you through okay,
0: it. Another question. Uh, in two, how <laughs> many innings will Kopech throw this year? What's the under? At the major
1: league or total?
0: Are are we are we using minor league stats, Joe, this year in fantasy? Let me know which league is that. No, we're not. I I just
1: I didn't know if you're asking like as a bigger meta question or if you're asking a very specific meta world fantasy question.
0: Give me the (laughs) amount of innings you expect Michael Kopak to throw with the White Sox this year. I think he's
1: going to throw about 90 innings with the White Sox this year, and I think that's enough to make him very viable. Okay, 50. I think you're gonna get. I think you're gonna get about uh, you fifty one
0: fifty, and I was gonna throw. Uh, no, guana, guana, no, guana
1: oh come on, no. He, I mean, there's upside for more. Here's the thing: he has nothing
0: left to prove at AAA. I know but this is, is a is, team. Tommy John guys do not throw 150 innings coming off that. It just doesn't no, matter.
1: but also Tommy John guys don't also throw 150 miles an hour the way this kid does either, which is so even more risk. Thing. Look, here's the thing you need to know about Michael Kopech. Okay, Michael Kopech is one of the most electric fastballs you'll ever see the control has gotten better over time too this is a guy that i think at some point in time is going to get a shot in this rotation i think he's probably gonna throw about 50 innings or so in the minor leagues and then they're going to bring him up and i think in the second half he is going to be somebody that's very difficult the first time around the league for a lot of guys to have look he's going to be a limited young pitcher he's going to be a five inning guy but it's just not it's, not it's not interesting to talk about Robert all the time. I want to talk about somebody else who I think could. contribute. I think you got to do it. Yeah. And and the, and this is why I want to talk about Kopech, because we are we've talked about Dylan Cease. I told you last couple of starts for Dylan Cease were very good, but it's also September, which means he's facing some inferior talent. Kopech, on the other hand, is a guy that could break out and could have a run that we've seen some other pitchers go on, come up, blow guys away for two months in the season, especially if the White Sox are competing. They don't have to make a trade. They just have to bring up Michael Kopech. And he's got nothing left to really prove in the minor Leagues. At A in 2017, he had 287 ERA. He struck out 155 guys in 119 innings. The guy is unbelievable. He's got to work on the control. As long as the control comes back a little bit and continues to make progress, I think you're going to see him this year. And I think he could really be a help for a lot of uh,
0: fantasy teams in the stretch run off the waiver wire. All right. The Indians uh, (laughs) certainly have a lot of options because anybody could play in that outfield right now. Uh, they really, I mean, it's, it's kind of a disaster. I, I mean, it's shocking to see that guys like Sizemore are done and Zimmer are done. Like, I, they, were, they had so many nice. Yeah, Bradley tools. Zimmer
1: was supposed to be the next thing, and never yeah, had never happened. Yeah, they so. had so
0: many toolsy outfielders through the <laughs> This years. is why
1: you deal prospects. But they got Fran Miel, but you can't call him a breakout. Greg Allen? Because bombs last year. How about Greg Allen? No. Nah, none of these guys. And Mercado is, oh, please, don't get me started. I'm maybe, not big either. on him. Yeah, okay. No, so what do, so, do you got? What do you got? Well, the back end of this rotation, especially since now they've moved Clue, Let's say they don't play well. Let's say that they end up moving Carrasco. Okay. Tristan McKenzie is another one of these guys. People forget yeah, high level another guy. Mm-hmm. Another guy coming off, a, also a guy too that has more innings under his belt than you would think. 2017, at the age of 19, he threw 143 innings already. Now, a lot of people say that's a little mismanagement on the Indians' part because in 2018 he ended up getting hurt and he ended up missing time. However. This year, he's back. He's healthy. He's probably going to start the year. You would imagine maybe you give him a couple starts at double-A, most likely triple-A. He is going to rocket through that system. You want to talk about the opposite of Kopech in terms of a guy that's got great control because this is the guy, still has a big strikeout potential here, too. We're talking 10K per nine in his career. We're talking a guy that the, the back end of this Indians rotation is a lot of contact pitchers. It's the Savalis and police acts of the world, and those guys are fine. But we're talking about McKenzie being the kind of guy that can come in and just light up guys, and I think that's something you really pay attention to.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Indians are, are not loaded with guys to choose from, so this seems to be well. Same. But
1: also look at the track record of them growing pitching because Clevenger, no, Bieber, very good. I like
0: Savali. I'm going to probably end up with him a couple of leagues. I haven't I haven't drafted yet in any league, so it's coming soon. Well, I got my labor drafts Tuesday I saw next week. Yeah, uh, there you go, Tuesday. Good luck. There you good go. To you. There All I'm right, try not to uh, embarrass
1: myself this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you know. It's. I know it's hard for you. All right, Kansas City, Kansas City. I got my own for this one, but uh, go ahead and give me yours. Ryan
1: McBroom, because I like saying it, because it sounds like a fun Scottish name. Look, Ryan McBroom is a guy in the Yankee system. Ryan McBroom. Oh yeah. (laughs) No way. Hey, here we go. Hold on. The guy who's blocked in the Yankee system. They've already soured on a lot of guys. They have openings all over the diamond. This guy can play first base. This guy can play the outfield, and this guy can DH. Last year at Triple-A in Illinois, he hit 315 with a 400 OBP and a 574 slugging, a 976 OPS over 117 games, 26 home runs. He came up 23 games for Kansas City last year at the end of the year that nobody saw. He hit 293 with a 361 OBP. This guy can hit a little bit. And I think is one of these dudes that might pop in there, might end up playing more than people realize because let's be honest. The Phillips and the Bubba Starlings of the world and all these other guys that were supposed to be the next thing have not worked out. And the fact that they re-signed Alex Gordon tells you everything you have to know about where they're at in terms of their depth. And I think this is the kind of guy that could come out of nowhere, kind of like Whit Merrifield did, and have a pretty good season because nobody was talking about Whit Merrifield three years ago. Nobody was really talking about Hunter Dozier a couple um, years ago.
0: That's what this team does. Actually, we were talking on my other show about Whit Merrifield, shockingly enough, but the GM came on the show and told us. I I'm, what, i mean, the, very rare for me before to, he came to, up. Yeah, saying that that's the that's, the, that's right. OK, the that's guy. fair. I was shot. We were all like, who the hell is that guy?
1: Right. You but know, before but. that breakout minor league run that he had, he was a non-entity prospect. You know that I know that we all know that he was a just a he was just filler prospect guy. That's all he was. He was filler. Sudden, going boom. to the big
0: leagues. No one thought anything.
1: Right. And in the second half, everyone's like, oh, of what Merrifield? Because he could turn into a pumpkin. Well, he never. All he no, did he last was year was hit. 200 hits and, and scored 100 <laughs> yeah, they, like, they have a
0: hundred runs. I'm that. not going with McBroom. No offense. Sorry. I'm going to go with uh, Khalil Lee. I've heard a lot about this kid and I really think if he gets a chance to play, this is the next big base stealer. This is the next Billy Hamilton. And you may go oh, Billy Hamilton, but look, the guy was drafted in the seventh round in fantasy drafts for like 10 years straight <laughs> because his ability to steal bases. If he gets a chance to play, he's going to steal a lot of bases. He's like the fastest player in all of the minor leagues. He can do nothing else. But but in a, in a place where why, why we look at, at home runs in Roto Leagues and go, oh, we need to have home runs. You need to have steals, too. It's like the same category in a Roto League. So you do. But home runs give you RBI and runs. But home
1: runs are also there's so many of them. If you don't have enough. You but fall I think there was
0: no one stealing bases. This is a guy <laughs> to keep an eye on their outfield. I'd be Brett Phillips is most known for laughing at this point. I don't, I don't know what else he's.
1: Well, here I'm just going to say, look at Brett Phillips right now. I mean, I, I think I think he's done. <laughs> You know what? Here's the funny thing. There's a small part of me that wanted to say Michael Franco, only because sometimes you and I both know. It's a very small, but you and I both know. Sometimes a guy just goes to a different place. Somebody gets a hold of him. Sometimes the whole, like, wow, team got rid of me. The team that drafted me got rid of me. Sometimes that lights a fire under a guy. If Michael Franco had a decent year, it it would not shock me. But I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I didn't put him on. I'm saying it wouldn't
0: shock me. So, again, to to open up a spot for Khalil Lee, here's what would, would have to not happen. First of all, odds of Alex Gordon being on the Royals late in the season. What, 10%? Trading him, no doubt, right? Well, that's
1: I why I like McBroom, because he plays left field.
0: Connor Dozier, maybe he's okay. Maybe. Odds of Whit Merrifield being on the team after the All-Star break? 50%? You know? Like, there, there's some openings here for some players. Now, it is the Royals. Let's, let's be real. But um, I'm going with yeah. Lilley. I think there's a chance for him to succeed. Um, real quick here. Uh, Minnesota. Minnesota doesn't really have a lot of places for a breakout star, right? Like they, no,
1: they don't. But I think uh, Luis Arraiz is, is probably falls under the radar in that lineup, right? Because I, I'm a big Jorge Polanco mark. Everybody knows that uh, Donaldson, Cruz. I mean, there's so many names Rosario, right? But you know, when you get to the bottom of this lineup, Arraiz was pretty good last year. 92 games at 334 with a 399 OBP, excuse me. And I think are you naughty by nature. There, he doesn't have the greatest. He doesn't, (laughs) you know, me, Uh, he doesn't have a lot of power, but what he does is makes a lot of contact. And I think that's the thing with a young hitter who's 22 and, you know, has that ability to put the bat on the ball in a lineup like this, the counting stats are going to matter. Look, here's, here's the thing. The guy had six minor league career home runs over 367 games. He has zero power. Okay. It's probably not going to emerge anytime soon, but if you're looking to try to, at the end of a draft, looking for a middle infielder that can pad your bat batting average stats the guy also has a career 331 batting average in the minor leagues this guy does nothing but make contact all the time so even though he doesn't have power if you're just looking for a guy who's gonna hit 320 <laughs> that is that's even you want to talk about this? it's hard to find craig find me a guy who's in 320 that's harder to find than he, a guy stealing 25 bases. You know, when he
0: came up he set the world on fire with the twins i like areas uh, you have to hope that they don't have this whole sentimental feeling and bring back Brian Dozier, like on a minor league deal or something like that, which is not Ugh, impossible. I don't think that's going
1: to be. the. Well,
0: thing. I'm just saying, look, I mean, they, you know, scoped the last year. Have you year. heard things?
1: You, you heard I have things not. From your I'm, people. Just you saying, I'm
0: just saying, you have to, if, right. if this is the guy, you hope that th- that does not happen because that's a pretty good backup plan for the Twins to have if Arias is not the guy who we saw last year, and then Dozier would be their second baseman. I'm just saying. Um, okay, Detroit, let's end with this. Uh, boy, the, the Tigers should be in a much better position than they are now, losing all the games they've lost in the last couple of years, but they are not. Um, they, have, they have a couple of nice young pitchers, and that's it in the minors. They have Daz Cameron, who yeah. is my Cameron's son, who I like very much, and hopefully he turns out to be a good player, uh, but not a lot. <laughs> Joe in the Tigers system, not a ton. new. Well, look, the thing that they do have is some nice pitching, Casey
1: Mize yes, and Matt do. Manning. Yes, I think Matt Manning is a little bit more ready to make that next jump i think Mize are going to be a little bit more careful with and and that makes sense and i think that what you're going to see this year you look 24 starts last year for matt manning they're not sending him back to double a again after 24 starts because he dominated there he had two five six era he was 11 and five he had a a 10k per nine just walked two guys per nine so this guy's got nothing to prove in double a which means he's going to start the year in triple a now he threw 133 innings last year which means he's probably good for around 150, 160 this year, you know, you, there's no reason to push him past that because the Tigers suck. But I think it would be very wise for the Tigers that if he does go ahead and throw those first, I don't know, 100 innings in the minor leagues, you're going to get 50 at the major league level. And what happens is we all know this when you get the the war of attrition that is the fantasy baseball season. When we turn the page into August, there's so many injuries and so many issues. A guy like Matt Manning, who can come in there, be new first time around the league, make some hay, make some good starts for you, all of a sudden, you know, those, you know, even if he makes 10 starts, that could really help you down the stretch. And a lot of people won't have him on the radar simply because he's a tiger. And I don't think that's the right thing because he can give you some good stats. I think he's a very polished pitcher. And I think he hits the majors first before Mize does personally, even though I think Mize might have the higher ceiling
0: of the two. We'll be back with the two-minute drill when we return on Fantasy Sports Today in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe
0: Pisapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We end the show, as always, with the two-minute warning. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your together. Is that going to be enough time? We'll end the show today with, as we talked about earlier, the lone remaining offensive free agent that is out there with the potential to hit 20 home runs, 80 runs driven. And make no mistake about it, there could be somebody out there that is filling that category. But the one guy that we know is Yasiel Puig. And as I reported a couple of weeks ago, Yasiel Puig was asking for $15 million a season from Major League Baseball teams. In addition to asking for not just one and not even just two, but three-year deals for some teams. I get it. Yasiel Puig is an eccentric guy. Spent the offseason going abroad, going to Asia, wrestling with sumo guys. Uh, He's always been different. He's always been himself. He also runs a fantastic foundation, uh, the Wild Horse Foundation, which helps kids. Uh, And so there's a lot of positive things to say with Yasiel Puig. But does Yasiel Puig want to play this year? I'm not sure. Is Yasiel Puig going to play this year? Yeah, I think so. Will he play opening day? Maybe. There's just a lot of questions regarding this guy. If he wanted to play and if he wanted to be signed, he would have already. This is a different situation when you're represented by Scott Boris and your Nick Castellanos, who, by the way, got an opt-out after the first year of his contract. If Puig wants to play, you probably need to see something happening over the next couple of weeks. I'm staying away from him this fantasy baseball season just because I don't know what is going to play out. Maybe this will all be for naught and he ends up signing his one-year deal this week, next week, maybe even today. But they're carrying a lot of risk with Puig going into the season, there's no doubt that'll do it for the show. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Glasdemakia and Chris Pavona for my co-host Joe Pisapia. I'm Craig Mitch, Full Time Fantasies next. We'll be back Wednesday at noon. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.